how nice it is to hear that theme song today after a victory. Welcome in to the Dogs Football Podcast, the recap of the SEMO game. I'm your host, Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch, as usual. Noah, what a game last night. We're proud to be here on this pre on this post show talking about a dub. Yeah, that is a big win. Way to kick off the season. Uh Great start to – great first half by us and uh, slowed slowed down a little bit in the second half. But uh, we – when we uh, our defense showed up in the second half pretty good. So, was not a worry. Not a worry at all. And we won uh, kind of the way we expected to. You know, we had our picks because we know that these games have been close before. We win 47-21. to It wasn't close at all most of the game besides the first couple drives. Whenever it was a tied game after that, SIU didn't look back. As we know, it was pretty much over at halftime. You mentioned the the, uh, the slow end to it uh, time-wise and just us not getting anything going really. It could have been a lot worse. Before we get into the game, Noah, let's discuss the fact that, yes, we were at Dogwood Social over there in Cape where SIU fans were welcome. It was rented out by SIU fans, actually. And a decent turnout. Um in really an incredible place, you know. Obviously, we we've never been to anything like that before. Very entertainment centric. Tons of TVs, tons of seating. What do they? Have? They had bowling ball alley or bowling alleys. They had pool game, tables, game rooms, everything. Axe throwing, uh, even a cigar room if you want to go smoke a cigar. Yeah, and we sat right next to some huge TVs. I couldn't imagine what that place is like on a Sunday for football. But a lot of dog fans showed up. Noah. Um, so in particular, actually, we got a chance to discuss. We uh, athletic director Liz Jardikin was there, and along with along with a lot of other uh, season ticket holders, we had a chance to talk to her and them. Yeah, uh, she was making her rounds all the tables, uh, chit chatting like a good AD does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, we got to talk to her, and I actually had the opportunity of asking her when she actually found out about the the seating change, which we'll get into here in a second. And she told us about 7.45 p.m. on Wednesday night, which we found out about 9 o'clock that night about the seating change. So that doesn't uh, – the team didn't – well, Nick Hill found out same about the same time she did. So the team didn't find out till uh, Thursday morning. So, yeah, the she said uh, – I think I think uh, our friend Mitchell that went with us asked her about ever thought about changing to Carbondale, which that was too uh, not enough time to do that. So uh, she she turned that down pretty quick. Yeah, too late to notice. And she also mentioned from a revenue perspective that you know because they I don't remember when they exactly started selling these tickets, but uh, you know money talks and they were never going to because let's let's jump right in. Dogwood Social was a good time. Glad we went. Uh, a lot of dog fans there to support. It was great. Let's jump into the seating discussion. Yeah, she mentioned how, yeah, the revenue reasons, but you know that's you know selling tickets to where they weren't going to really uh, put this off because is what she told us and what us fans knew. But it was known, Noah, and there were rumblings around the stadium when we got there that uh, this has been known even from the from the university and from people itself and even the football team Nick Hill said in his post game, which we'll discuss here later, that the players and all of them, they, they knew beforehand. So they knew what to expect, but it was a blind, seemed like a blind side that night, but you know, they didn't want to uh, quit selling tickets until it was the final word of the fact that it was unsafe, unstable to do. 
So they got all their money out in time. So money does talk. So they knew they were going to go through with it no matter, obviously, everybody knowing that this was going to happen potentially. So that's kind of unfortunate. But, no, as we know, we were there and we um, – we didn't no one got to go on the front obviously there's no one over there at all we had to park or struggled a little bit to park it always is going there finding a place to park on side roads or anything we did find a parking lot made our rounds through the sorority and frat houses it's a cool area over there and we found no uh, back entrance to end up going to our seats there and even our side seemed like a little unstable at times yeah it was a it was a parking's always difficult like you said but yeah, that south side, uh, the the main side, the SEMO side, was uh, empty the whole game. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the going down the, the steel steps was a little shaky. Some were wobbly, some were all right, but there was really dirty. But, uh, but like Nick Hill said, once he said in his interview that uh, – they uh, talked about AJ in the pit. He said the pit is nicer than this place. But, uh, yeah, we actually, because uh, of the assigned seating, usually it's a uh, first-come, first-serve over there on the north side. But uh, we sat next to some CMO ticket holders, and uh, they actually told us they knew about this, the, that the university knew about this problem back in about March. But uh, they did not, they covered it up and didn't say anything because they wanted the revenue from season ticket holders so they could sell season tickets. So that's just a terrible job on their part. Just awful job by SEMO. Somebody needs fired or something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, whether it's somebody within the university or whoever runs the facilities, anything. Yeah, I mean, you, you said since March, that's about six months, half a year of knowing potentially this could happen. And, of course, it just it's just crazy that it, that it was announced, everything the night before the game, but as we just as we mentioned, that it really wasn't that bad. Yeah, sporadic seating. We were in our assigned seats, but we were thinking that everybody was kind of just sitting wherever there were open spots. Everybody fit for the most part. There are a lot of people standing over there, like on the uh, near the like within the red zone over there, like where the drinks were and concessions. But everybody pretty much fit. It was pretty packed, I would say, from top to bottom. Yeah, the dirtier areas were near the top. And we did mention on one of our tweets that the reception was pretty bad for the most part. It's tons of people. We were thinking if we sat up higher. Uh, we were about three rows, three rows from the uh, walkway and off the field. If we were sat a little higher, our connection would be better. So we weren't able to get halftime stats or get some tweets off. We would have had a lot more. So we apologize for that. We wanted to say that. But yeah, overall, it was a great game. Obviously, let's jump into this game, Noah. Uh, we got the coin toss, and we defer to the second half. As I had a feeling we would because teams like to do that in general. And we wanted our defense to set the tone. And boy, did they know. Asimo came out here after a 62-yard downfield from Nico. This was pretty much – and it was it was a Geno Hess game. We'll get into his stats in a little bit. He set the tone on that drive. It was a crazy drive. You know, they, they would get like this one. Geno Hess run for 35 yards. Then we get brought back from a penalty, a false start. Like they would go up and then they'd bring themselves back. It was kind of one of those. And then they were near our red zone. And we felt like, you know, because you mentioned how they have an all OVC kicker, we thought they were going to kick a field goal. They decided to take a delay a game, get pushed back a little more, and punt it back to us. And Noah, take us into the very first play of the game on our side offensively. It's not a surprise. And it broke a school record. Yeah, uh, like you said, uh, they with the big run by Geno, they really uh, marched down the field pretty quickly. Besides some penalties, they 
probably would have scored on that drive, at least got a field goal out of it. Seemed like they were yeah. going to, yeah. Yeah, with some points. Uh, but uh, like you said, uh, we got they pinned us deep on the one-yard line or the negative one-yard line, Nick Hill likes to call it. And uh, they had discussed this before because last year on our second drive, we got pinned at the one, and they uh, watched the film on this, and they called this play, and uh, it was a play-action pass and shotgun. Nick Baker sat back, looked, got one safety to lock in on him, and there down the seam was Avante Cox for 99 yards and a touchdown. I actually called this. I said this was going to happen. I got witnesses, so uh, – if I was uh, be able to live bet on some Illinois schools, I might have been made some money right there. Yeah, you did call it, and it seemed like something was going to happen. You know, usually when teams are that far deep, you obviously risk a safety overall, but, uh, you know, or whatever, yeah, safety. And you run the ball to get there, but I remember them saying they didn't want to. They wanted to be aggressive, and, yeah, like you said, and we'll mention again when they said in their post game that they, yeah, they – they scripted this, I think, like literally the night before of what they wanted to do because they've had the chance to do it in the past. And, uh, yeah, Bonte just beat everybody. It was kind of insane play action and beat everybody with his groundbreaking speed. And we weren't surprised at all. <clears throat> it's, just, it's just crazy how it worked out. That just a sneak peek of what our offense could be this year and how we know it can be, how high power that anything like that can happen. And it's funny, Noah, because just whenever it was, it was shortly after that, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Whenever they're one of their cornerbacks, number five, he had a breakup that honestly either of us could. He had all the time in the world. He read it like a book, kind of near the sideline. He broke it up and he was confident in himself and like doing something to our sideline. And then he got torched after that. That just brought to my mind right now. But yeah, after scoring that, it took 13 seconds. So uh, defense didn't have much to. Uh, uh, rest on that because we've talked before how much we want our defense to have rests um, you know dealing with the 80% starters and that seemed like that was the first drive Noah though defensively that pretty much the whole whole uh, starting starting nine were out there starting 11 were out there yeah that second drive we uh, we threw out the the second team defensive line and uh, maybe a couple other players to give us, try to give our defense some rest and they really just m- pretty much marched it downfield and scored with ease. Uh, they hooked up with their uh, all-OVC wide receiver, Zach Smith. So, uh, yeah, uh, it was really uh, kind of a slow start for our defense, but once they locked in, they made some adjustments, and they could not get a lot against us. Yeah, we had to give Simo credit, too, for that drive. I know, like you mentioned, it was our second team defense for the most part, so – that doesn't really come to a surprise. You know, obviously the ones who start do for a reason. Then they just got comfortable. That was decent. Ogbonna had a really good drive. As you mentioned, finding Zach Smith for the last two uh, last two throws before they scored from our 15 on second and 10. So, yeah, as soon as they tied, we were like, okay, maybe we're in for one here, even though we saw the incredible first play of the game. But, no, we marched right downfield. Nick found Landon for 16 for a first. Nick was a little uh, – he had a little running action. He runs for three yards. He did it throughout the game. Isaiah Hartshaw, Noah, your pre-dog uh, of the game, he caught that one for 13 yards for a first. Um, he had a lot of big catches. We'll get to one here in a little bit. Uh, Javon, yeah, running game didn't really get going. We'll mention the stats here in a little bit, but we knew going in that Simo's front was pretty stocky. They 
dared you to run the ball, and we tried. We tried outside, definitely inside with Javon, and this first run was a loss of seven around the 50-yard line. And then Nick connected with Landon again for 34 yards to the to their 16 for a first. And then he found Ty Daniel, and Ty Daniel had himself a game as we expected. We know how big he is, but the fact that he brings this pass-catching ability that we haven't had in a while, and he got the touchdown for 16 yards. Yeah, Nick, Nick Baker said about him in the – in the post game interview that he said Tice loves a block, but he also can catch. He has great hands and made some impressive open field moves out there as a tight end, as big as he is. So yeah, I believe he ended up with five catches and a touchdown. He couldn't have honestly came off to a better start. Yeah. The guys we saw him on the sideline too, that uh, everybody was all over him. He was having a good time. You know, he's a, you know, they're really close over there, especially with him being a new guy that he's already, uh, cemented uh, with his teammates in terms of personally and all that stuff. That was good to see. Uh, yeah, Tice did have a really good game. Uh, Noah, when they punted, we scored again off a drive. Um, yeah, it was another Avante drive, and Isaiah, this was third and three. I remember a lot of third down catches. Isaiah had some huge catches where he would just get clocked. He's got glue hands, really. If anything, you're going to test him for, for sticking on his gloves. That's how good he catches the ball. And Javon found his way for a first. Before the first quarter ended, he found a run for seven yards. And then we ended up finding a way to Isaiah Hartra for 12 yards at the end of the end zone after a couple more things to get us there. Tice, another eight-yard catch to keep us going. Avante had a 28-yarder. But, yeah, no, Isaiah Hartra, like I said, you're a pre-dog of the game. I mean, he honestly, because we thought, I remember either when when we were recruiting him and the fact that he barely did play last year, that he was kind of skinny. We showed up, and we were like, who is this guy? He was huge, and he made some strong catches. Noah, this one, his first of the season for 12 yards. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, the way they talked about him in the prior to this game that Nick Baker said in his interview with Mike Reese uh, Monday, I believe it was, that they were going to just try to get him the ball and make let him make plays himself. They did a good job of that. Uh, they did a great job, I believe. Ended up hitting nine receivers for – Nine different receivers for catches last night. So spurting out the ball, we know we got we know we know we got the guys. We got to get the ball to and Landon, Tice, and Avante. So, but we do great job of spurting it out. You're right, and uh, shortly after that, they punted. We punted as well. We were three for three on drives. We honestly thought it could have honestly went all night to an extent. But obviously, you're, you're not. That's not going to happen. So we punted finally. Jack Calhoun. We'll get to him for po- one of the post dogs of the game potentially. Uh, just punt City the first three drives of the second quarter, and then we scored. Noah. He found Isaiah for 22 yards for a first. Javon had a nice run for 19. That was uh, down the sideline. Justin Strong caught a pass as we know he probably would this season. And then Justin found the outside again, 22 yards for a touchdown. We wanted to quickly, since we're talking about it, and Justin got us thinking about running backs, we wanted to mention we, some stuff we saw on the sidelines, that Romir Elliott was dressed, did not see any action at all. And then Donovan Spencer, no, we have a film, we saw him in warm-ups, he was dressed as well, but he did not see action as well. We know he was the fourth man, fourth man out, odd man out for the depth chart, whether that means anything or not. We mentioned how all four running backs probably aren't going to play each game. So it's got us wondering if Romir was hurt. He was dressed. They both were just interesting, isn't it? 
Yeah, it was really interesting. I believe we did not get much. Our we our run blocking was not very good all night long. I believe we ended up with like 32 attempts for only like 93 yards. So not good at all. But uh, they are very stout. They play that that three four defense with the three big defensive line and with their linebackers blitzing a lot. So yeah, uh, it was interesting. Romir, not what Romir, who was our starter in the spring, Justin came on strong literally with his last name but uh yeah it was interesting donovan donovan was a team leader on the sideline he was talking to a lot of guys through some things so he's a he's a veteran that's just been taking the role as a leader right now when his time's called on he'll be there so yeah but uh our defense just to show how our defense after the second drive they had our defense settled in quickly uh after the after Simo's uh, scored their touchdown on their second drive. They went punt, 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 fumble, which we was which was on one of our punts. We'll get to that later. Punt, 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 and they didn't score, which was a pick six and with six minutes left in the third quarter. Their offense didn't score another touchdown till uh, late in the game. So our defense settled in, played really well. I know they'll say we played good, but there, we got things that. Things to improve on, which the whole team does. I know they'll all say that, but we're going to keep improving. So, it was a great start to last night. Yeah, the defense did settle in, and uh, and Nick, both Knicks in the postgame gave credit to the defense for settling in. We know how aggressive they were in the pocket, especially our defensive line. We did want to shout out P.J. Jules for how good of a job he did. About halfway through the game, he was, he was on his road to being uh, the defensive dog of the game because it seemed like every dog pile – that happened on a run play or anything. He was all over it. He had some pass breakups. He was strong. They had some big receivers, and he held his ground, which is obviously what we want to see. James Caesar, we didn't hear his name a whole lot. He made a couple plays, and I think he had a couple plays against him, so that was just a warm-up for him. We're thinking that he gets going. Uh, Kick ahead, Noah, here to – yeah, they they did punt a lot, and let's see, where was I at here? They, they did punt a lot. We wanted the fast forward after Justin's touchdown, a couple punts both ways, and then we had a missed field goal, which was unfortunate. Uh, Landon was connected down there. I feel like we got pretty good, had a pretty good drive, and then but that's when Nico – here we go. When Nico's field goal, yeah, he didn't miss it. He didn't miss a PAT in this game, but he got this field goal blocked, Noah. Very unfortunate scene. We know Nick Baker was the holder uh, all night, and as soon as that was blocked, we thought Nick should have just jumped on it. It rolled back about 15 yards – and he fell on it, but his helmet flipped off. They kept tackling him, and just absolute chaos, something you don't want your quarterback one to have to deal with in that game. He was ticked off, but, yeah, they were mad, I think, at that point in the game. They were losing pretty bad that uh, all of a sudden then they, you know, they did that to him, and then they stomped on his helmet, didn't they, as they were going off the field. Yeah, that uh, they brought him back, brought him down by almost looked like his horse collar. There were a lot of horse collar tackles. Yeah, it looked like an – Almost could have tore a knee ligament or something, and uh, his neck. yeah, and then they uh, ripped his helmet off when he was while he was on the ground. Then the when the guy that ripped his helmet off got up and literally stomped on his helmet. They threw a flag. Then the then they the zebras, the stupid zebras, which were shaky all night long, picked up the flag and said, "There's no foul in the play." Which Nick Baker was heated. Nick Hill was heated. I mean. Yeah, seeing Nick, he was complaining a lot, rightfully so. Though, honestly, we thought that 
the flag was for Nick for maybe saying something he shouldn't have that almost didn't even, so it was such a late fly that maybe they listened to what he maybe they listened to what Nick said to where they they threw and they understood and you said they had picked it up so in the end it didn't matter I thought they were going to flag Nick for what he said because he had a right to say whatever he did so after that happened and they punted again uh, a lot of fair catches we had for most part Javon was pretty reliable then the half ended no and right at a half we were thought we were going to click on all cylinders again Nick found Avante first play again and he kind of underthrew him and he'll even uh, he even mentioned that in his post game that he wished he wouldn't have because Avante was also eyeing his own records that he underthrew him and he and he uh, got like I said he had to come back for the ball and he ended up getting tackled was only for 45 yards to the SEMO 30 and we only found a way to get a 20 28 yard out of Nico so that was unfortunate no we honestly that was from the the kickoff was for 62 yards 45 yards so it was pretty deep yeah it would have been incredible to see that right out of the gates just a just a little bit of an underthrow yeah he uh even on the 99-yard touchdown, first play of the game, he kind of underthrew him. But, yeah, he underthrew him big time. That was an easy touchdown. He even it makes himself mad. And Avante told, made sure to tell him about it. So, uh, yeah, that would have been real nice to start the second half. Yeah, he said, uh, he said sorry, Avante. He said, it's all good. Uh, and then they punted once again. This score was 31-7 to at this point. Uh, and then the next drive, we scored again. It was a lot of Isaiah Hartrip, Jerron Rollins, who we uh, relied upon. Actually, breaking news on our Instagram, James Caesar just gave us a follow. Shout out. Everybody else follow Dogs Podcast. Um, that Jerron Rollins, who we expected big things from this year, he finally got into the action for a 24-yard catch uh, to the SEMO 40. That was for first. Justin Strong, who did lead the team in rushing, we'll get to that. He ran for five. Uh, and then Nick found... Ty Daniel again. He honestly had glue hands as well. He was for a first for 22. Justin, another five-yard run to the eight-yard line. And then Justin, a seven-yard run to the one. And then Javon Williams, of course, finished it out on the goal line, his big body self. Kicked on that. Simo punted once again. And then here, Noah, on this drive is unfortunate. We were, we were pretty backed up. Javon didn't get anything on a run. He had a loss of two. And then a pass that it says was intended for Javon. I'm pretty sure it was – okay, it's – it was intended for, okay, Jerron was an incomplete pass, and then he was targeting Landon Noah, and it, it obviously can go both ways. If it hits the receiver's hands, yeah, you would think it's partially his fault too, but it looked just, it wasn't the right pass, tipped off Landon, and they scored on a pick six. Yeah, it, it looked like to me that uh, it was a little under route for Landon just across the middle, and it looked like to me it really had some steam on it, so it didn't really help Landon out, but it, Pretty sure it, it hit off his hands, but it wasn't a very good pass. Nick Baker eliminated himself, so uh, yeah, that just unfortunate. We got to be we got to be more careful there, for sure. And uh, just the fact that, of course, the only kind of offense they would get. I mentioned that uh, Ogbonna kind of threw like Cam Newton. He struggled to throw. We know he was JUCO, won a title there. He did struggle to throw. They did have big time running backs, but we thought we, you know, they they got theirs to an extent. We thought we. Held our own in the passing game for the most part, but uh, as soon as that happened, we thought maybe the tide would turn just a little bit in terms of us in the second half kind of slowing down. Because after that, we punted back to them. We only had three plays for negative five yards. This was shortly before the end of the third quarter. Well, this was in the – where was this at? Not sure where it was in the game. But we thought that maybe that was going to turn the tide after we punted away and they had some momentum. But they punted, only got five plays for 14 yards. 
And then that next drive was another one. Here's where Javon got into the passing game. Of course, he was doing absolutely everything. He didn't really th- – oh, he didn't have one the short throw. We'll get to that in the box score. But he caught one for 19 yards to get the drive going. Then he had a one-yard run of short. Then Nick found Ty Samuel again for six yards. And then he found Deontay Cox for five yards. No, and this is the point we wanted to mention this. Deontay got hurt on this play. Unfortunate. He, he play made- after. It was the play. Oh, yeah. He was a play after. He was okay. Yeah. He had the catch for five yards, sorry, and then he had the run for three yards. There was a penalty, a personal foul on one of their important defensive guys on on uh, Dante. Looked to be in a pretty big pain. We, we kind of saw the place. People on the sidelines were blocking it, and uh, but he looked like he was in pain, and, yeah, their, uh, their mom made their way down, didn't they? Yeah, uh, that was a scary incident. Didn't see exactly what happened, but – him, his brother, and uh, Jerron uh, helped him off the field. Uh, looked like to be a leg injury, I would say. So uh, hopefully get some update on that next week when Nick has his press conference. Maybe somebody will ask that, hopefully. Uh, yeah, that's a scary situation. He's our de- he's a good depth piece on that receiving core. Yeah, especially, especially since we were mentioning that he didn't play really at all last year, if any at all. The fact that he makes the 2D depth chart this year, he found his way into playing time, did pretty good, you know, caught this slant that just didn't go his way. There was a run. First play was a pass to him, but on that run play, what unfortunate for him, we did see him walking on the sidelines. Trainers were attending to him. He had a towel over his head. He was able to walk under his own power, a big limp. He probably won't play at all in the Kansas State game, unfortunately. That ended the third quarter. Shortly after that, we got a, another just like we said, he, he led the team in rushing, had a nine-yard run. Javon really couldn't get anything again. Isaiah caught a couple more passes. And then uh, here, and then Nick found Landon for a 13 yards for a touchdown. The back of the end zone, we didn't think he caught it at first, potentially. It was kind of a diver that potentially could have escaped, and we couldn't tell the uh, initial call from the referees, but they ruled it a touchdown. And then, no, this is when Galdoni missed the PAT. And at this point, what was the score at this point? 44-14. So, unfortunately, Nico had to make miss that. But like we said, we did think Landon maybe dropped it. But, of course, we know the great hands that he's got that he held on to for the 13-yard score. Yeah, it looks like, to me, from, well, which is on the other side of the end zone, it looked like he didn't control it all the way to the ground. But the ref was right there, so he got, the, got it. And, yeah, Nico missed a rare extra point. Very rare. So... That was rare to see, but uh, he was pretty much solid all night besides the first kickoff. He kicked it out of bounds. You're right. So I'm sure Nico's frustrated with himself for sure, uh, especially if it would end up being a close game and a lot of that stuff could have uh, hurt us in the end. But give it some leeway, even though we know it shouldn't happen again the rest of the way. Even though it might, obviously everybody's human. So after the kickoff, after we scored uh, – this was not a long drive for Simo at all. No, three plays for four yards because they fumbled. We understand Zion Curtis was running, but Christian Perez actually came into the game, had the one-yard run, and he fumbled, forced by Clayton Bush, and recovered by Zach Barola, who returned for only two yards. Zach Barola, we did want to mention, had an incredible second half. Uh, he was everywhere making every tackle. We'll get to the stats shortly. And he was also on special teams making plays, Noah, but – we're not surprised seeing Clayton Bush. We know he's a ball hawk either in the air, on the ground, doing everything, punching him out. He's a special talent. Yes, he is. He is a he's coming down from that that safety spot and hitting 
hitting guys hard, and we know Quay likes to rip the ball out on the other side, but uh, Clayton will do that with his contact instead of a ripping the ball out. But, uh, yeah, it was a hard hit. Yeah, um, it was a big play at the time of the game. Christian Perez, which we thought we might see a little bit more of when C.J. Yakbana was struggling early in the game because co- their coach said they might – Play both yeah, quarterbacks, exactly. but it's like uh, that he was struggling. We didn't yeah. see him. So, but because uh, Christian is a better passer than CJ, so but at this point of the game, he there's a read option play and Clayton forced a fumble, and that was it. Yeah, Clayton's really physical. He's really big as well. You honestly have seems like yeah, two strong safeties back there. It seems like even though we know both of them are ball hawks too. And extend no, and this is the time we were we were up forty seven to fourteen. We got a field goal. We were pretty uh, uh, frustrated the fact that we didn't uh, capitalize and get a touchdown. This one Stone Norton QB two came in the game, and nothing really got going. Justin had a four yard run. Stone did not complete a pass in this game, so he targeted Jerron. It didn't say this next one he had an incomplete pass, and then Nico had to, we had to settle for a Nico twenty five yarder, and then so, but think about Stone Norton. He he look he looks like a quarterback like. You know, obviously going in there, even though it's that point in the game that people could struggle, and you could say, obviously, he did he only do it like four times, but uh, you could say, I mean, he looked comfortable. He looked like a quarterback out there. Yeah, he uh, he looked like, like you said, he looked like a quarterback. He took control of the offense and making sure everybody was right where they were supposed to be. Yeah, he just could not get it going. He ended up throwing a pick, I believe, on one of his four attempts. Yeah. So, which they ended up scoring on that drive. So, that's where they scored their final points. So, they scored their final points. And then, it was funny because near the end of the game, when it was, whenever the, it ended up being the final score, right before that, I don't know what kind of message Nick Hill was sending. He had arguably six of our most important players on the team on special teams. I guess just to seal the tone, have them on the field kind of thing. What do you think that was? Because it was, who was it? Avante, Tice. Clayton, uh, Caesar, a lot of important players were on the field. Those are those are our most trusted guys. Trusted and it was, was yeah. going to be uh, just in case of an onside attempt. They were just yeah, that's our hands team. So not hands not a, not a surprise. No, I mean not really. Just seeing them out there in general because we talked about how we don't want like kickoff, seeing Avante, blah blah blah. We talked about the DJ Davis story. Um, especially when you're up by 26. I mean, I guess, yeah, just to have trust, knowing that nothing could go wrong, but it'd be different if you know you were, this was happening with little seconds left and you're only up by a touchdown or something, that anything utter bad could go wrong. So that is how the game ended. No, let's jump now into the this box score, this crazy box score, as we know, especially after that first 99-yard touchdown, that it was going to be one of those games offensively. Noah, Nick Baker, pretty efficient, 25 of 34, School record, 460 yards, which, yeah, we'll just cut into some things we've already had about his postgame comments. We'll talk about some more. But he t- said after the game that he didn't know it was a record uh, until someone told him or he just known about it after the game. He said um, he had a feeling he was on pace, especially after that play and as the game went on, that he was on pace for something huge. He averaged 13.5 yards a, a pass, and he had four touchdown passes. We mentioned the nine total uh, receptions by nine receivers, and he did have that pick, that pick six, unfortunately. Um, but pretty dang, like we mentioned, how there was one guy number two, a linebacker that was pretty everywhere. I'm not sure who was their their stud player that we didn't see in warm ups. Did we even hear his name at all? Did he even play the game? 
Uh, he did not. They announced him on the starting lineups, and he did. He was not out there for warmups. We were looking for him, and he did not play. Yeah, it's curious to see how much of a difference he would have made. I mentioned number two. There was a linebacker. He kept looking at our sideline after he made a tackle. But I mentioned the cornerbacks as well. That their defense is okay when they have him on the field. I'm sure they're a lot better. But Nick just picked them apart. Pretty efficient. I mean, this is it's going to happen against the Semos. We're interested to see what our next game has for. But like even the Dayton's of the world, like it, like Nick Baker could put up games like this down the road for sure. And even Nick Hill says like Nick Scott, Nick Baker has one of the best arms in the country, and we saw that. Yeah, uh, uh, Nick said also said that he uh, this is the most downfield passing plays they called in like in forever, and which we talked about. I asked at one point in the game, when did we become an air raid offense? Because we could we would not run the ball at all. We were just pass, 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 which is fine. But I'd like to get in the run game a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. And I think it based off of we know Simo had a. A tough front. It's interesting to see how, like, we would try to run the ball against Kansas State. No one. It's kind of the same, obviously, like, to an extent of a run-stopping team and to an ultimate, you know, much bigger level, obviously. Uh, yeah, we figured we'd be – we know the receivers we have and the fact that Nick would be QB1, that we'd be throwing it a lot. Yeah, we do want to establish the run. We figure with the four-headed dragon we have that that would be the case. But, yeah, we couldn't really get going in that one. But Justin did have those 11 carries for 61 yards, five and a half per one touchdown, that 22 yarder down the sideline. Javon had the same amount of carries, only for 29 yards. He couldn't really get anywhere. He didn't have that one-yard touchdown. He had a 19-yard run, as we mentioned. And then they like to get some of these these other guys involved in the, in the running. Isaiah Harcher, not surprising, but he only had one carry for five. He, him and Avante could definitely uh, see more of this down the road in terms of rushing the ball, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they'll definitely get more once once we get going. I think our offensive line will settle in better. Just getting their first game in the belt, but uh, we ought to see more out of our run game here soon. I agree. And even Tony Williams got in the game at the end, had a couple of negative, negative yardage on three carries. Had a face mask all. Exactly, yeah. And, and then Dante, that three-yard uh, run that he had before he got hurt, yeah, we didn't want to make, the old line looked uh, looked good. I mean, they were obviously in good spirits all game when they knew they had a lead. Yeah, they, we wish we would have run the ball better, and that is on them. It's a, it's, it's a lot of – it's a team effort, obviously. They looked like they were winded when they came back to the sidelines. We were actually right behind them. We know Trevor Olson was coaching them up pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, first game out of the way for them, but now they get a Kansas State defensive line. So it'll be very interesting to see how they, quote-unquote, bounce back. From that, so the running game didn't, but let's get into this receiving game. No, Avante, obviously, the 99-yarder, he had five for 187. I mean, yeah, that's what he's going to do against some of these teams. He's he's, he's going to get targeted a lot. He's going to have around five. He could have five to ten catches, obviously, and put up almost 200 yards a game. No, 187, that's incredible. 37 per catch. I mean, he is the absolute game changer, and then he had the one touchdown. He is incredible. Yeah, there were some sets where we were trips right, and you had on one side of the field Avante, Tyson, Landon. I'm just, what are you supposed to do against that as a defense? You can't cover them all. So uh, they, uh, we were spreading it around all game. Uh, Isaiah Hartrip ended up with six for seventy-two and a touchdown at a long of twenty-two. Um, Tice Daniel had, as I said earlier, he had five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. Big time. Big time tight end option for us now. Um, Landon ended up with four for 79 for a touchdown. Yeah, there were a lot of plays that Landon 
like the one for the pick, just catches in general, or there were a lot of plays that he got missed or got underthrown to. Kind of looked frustrated on the sideline just knowing the potential was there. I know there was it was a play where he ended up talking to Nick about, the man, you missed me because they did miss him. I see he was wide open for a touchdown potentially on one of our drives. So Landon could have had a much better game than he did. We're expecting big things from him this season. But Avante is going to end up breaking at this point. He's on pace to break records in receiving yards in the season. So you see, see how that goes. We did mention Jerron had that 24-yard catch. Noah, um, that's kind of how it was going to be. Man, little catches in a game, but for a lot of yardage and when it matters most. Yeah, uh, he's a big-time playmaker down the stretch, as we've seen last year in the playoffs. Yeah, if he's he knows his role too, he's gonna if he if he's called on, he'll go out there. He was he was actually he played a lot of snaps, but he just did not. He only got four targets in the game. Right. Uh, and we mentioned him, big body, along with some other big bodies. We know uh, uh, Zach Gibson was out there. He looked good. He looked in great shape. Dropped a touchdown. Dropped a touchdown from Stone. Yeah, I mean, all those guys getting in there. I know Hunter Milligan got in the game at that point as well. That. Uh, I think Zach could definitely, because we mentioned big receivers with Jerron and Tice, obviously brings that as well. That's going to be interesting seeing how these big guys fare down the road. Uh, and we mentioned Javon. Obviously, he only threw one pass. He caught a pass and obviously did his running. We're already seeing the three-dimensional Javon Williams first game. Uh, and we mentioned, obviously, he doesn't want to play quarterback. He only threw once, so maybe who knows. But the game, you're not always going to kill everybody, even though those are the expectations. But Got a taste of that with Javon. Justin caught a pass for only seven. Cole Stewart, we didn't we know he was on the field doing his his usual work that he does. Not much receiver does his part either which way. He caught a pass for five yards and then Dante had that five as well. For four hundred and sixty as a team, as we mentioned, that is Knicks, because Stone didn't complete a pass. Uh fumbles, let's just scroll here on this app of what happened, Noah. Uh Barola Recovered a fumble, and so did Dre Newman. No, we know he's number 24. There was some confusion with, I remember whoever tweeted that it was uh, Quay, 24. That was on the Bosch punt. Dre Newman recovered. Yes, it was. That was a big-time play for Dre to coverage downfield. That was the only punt of the game for Jack Calhoun, which he said during his interview with Mike, he said this is a big part of his season. He wants more fair cop punch. That was the only punt. That wasn't fair caught by Zach Smith, the OVC player, wide receiver. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was the only that was the only punt that was not fair caught and ended up being a fumble, so we got a turnover out of it. Yeah, and he – it was crazy seeing how that ball was darting at him. He was kind of dropping back, trying to catch it a weird way. I had a feeling it was, that was definitely going to happen, and luckily we were to pounce on Like we said, we wish we would have scored six out of it. But NBD in the end, I guess, a uh, little bit on kick returns. Yeah, not a lot of action. You know, they, a lot of fair catch on kickoffs and punts. Avante and Javon just had one, and they only got for a total of 39 yards. Um, and then we mentioned here's a little bit of special teams. Yeah, Nico went two for three, as we know. Only had a 28 of long. It would have been cool to see him get uh, – opportunities for longer it says on here he went five for five extra points we know that's not the case uh and then jack no let's just jump right into it. he he is our he would be our special teams special teamer dog of the game three catches total 119 three putts 119 yards almost about 40 per on his average 45 was his longest because it was a play where it was kind of a botched uh instance where we thought they could potentially block it 
kind of a bobble, kind of a bad snap, whatever it was, he still got it off and still punted it pretty dang far. So Jack, unbelievable as we know, expected preseason watch list for punter. Yeah, he is a consistent kid. We know uh uh we know uh first couple drives I was uh telling you that uh we saw Jack uh, just kicking around a football on the sideline. says he that's what he's going to be doing all game, as it looks like, because he's not going to be doing much punting this year. So he's going to get bored easily the way our offense looks. But, yeah, when he's called on, he is so good. He should be in contending the finalist of the punter of the year. Yeah, for sure. And we mentioned how he's also the holder, uh, that he was a starting holder according to the depth chart. But Nick did a lot of that. You could have kept uh, – I guess Jack a little bit more active in that sense of holding because we know the instance with Nick that we don't want to happen to him nor our punter anyway. I don't know if Jack runs that down like Nick would have. Nick just has the competitiveness in him to want to do that. So your starting punter is really good and your quarterback. Surely we can hopefully find someone else to uh, hold our hold our kicks. Yeah, so they, nothing like this would happen. They showed on the they showed a little bit of maybe uh, they started with our lineman off to the left and motioned them in. Like a, they ran actually a trick play. Ended up being a horse yeah. collar tackle on Nico. They ran an either Nick and Nico ran the option. He pitched it to Nico. Nico got dragged down, which isn't good by his horse collar. No, that was a dangerous play. But uh, yeah, the they with Nick out there that kind of you have to stay on your toes as a de, as a defense. So uh, that's the positive sign. But also there's been we saw some negative signs right away. Yeah, and you mentioned the fake, and then also uh, we noticed on the on the far side on a different drive at whatever quarter it was that they were all lined up outside. They were going to go for two, and then they slowly got into yeah, they slowly got into the the kick. So they're always yeah, exactly keeping the defense on their toes in any which way. It's interesting how they you know they they put out a lot of stops and showed showed you know especially for people who watch film down the road a lot in just the first game we know that they try to trick replay where they'd uh, snap it to Javon he would find he would pass it to Nick and then Nick would find uh, or find his options after getting the second throw you know we see that play a lot it's weird to see it in the red zone but we like like we said there's plays that we know that you know we're capable of and can do well that seeing it you know first game of the year let alone that close when it's all bunched up in the end zone Interesting, that's a play kind of you do maybe through the middle of the field. That was interesting to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, interesting to see. Yeah, uh, let's get into this defense, though. Yeah, we wanted to – Simo, the only thing – Geno has the only thing. They 104 yards on 18 carries. Agban only threw for 47 yards. So, overall, yeah, not much offensively for them. Just want to get that out of there. Like we said, a lot of their scoring came from mistakes on our part. So, yeah, you're right. Defense, big-time game in the defense. Let's get into it. Yeah, our defense, uh, led by uh, our leader, our our he was he was uh, so energetic all night long. Bryce Notre led the team with nine tackles, had a half a sack on the night. We had uh, ended up with four sacks as a defense. We know uh, Richie Haggerty got a sack. He was great. Yes, Keenan Agnew and uh, Glacian had one, and Knighton and Notre combined for one. So. Uh, Anthony Knighton now is a half a half a sack away for tying the school record. He's got a great chance to break it, I'd say, with however many games left. Yeah, they were collapsing the pocket as we mentioned. It was Kevin Glacian was very impressive as we figured he would. 
he found his way to getting in the in the backfield a lot of the time. We did mention his sack was really good. There were a lot of combined. Keenan Agnew, we know, uh, veteran. He got that sack on his only tackle of the game. Uh, but you know, on that second team, he's got he's got to be the leader on that second team. Uh, we did see Colby Coleman a lot. He had two solo tackles, three total. Um, interesting because we didn't see at first we didn't see him come off the field a lot or come onto the field a lot. He was standing, but he found his way, especially when the game got out of hand and we took a lot of our starters out. Like Colby found his way, and then he'll get more and more comfortable. Uh, Tim Johns had a solo uh, three combined. We mentioned PJ. He was everywhere. He had one pass breakup, pretty big one on the one on one of the few deep balls that uh, their quarterback threw. Um, yeah, Barola, because we saw him on the sidelines and uh, seeing him finally get into the game, he made his mark for sure. Uh, one and a half tackles for loss. We'll be especially with Bryson Strong out. We'll be seeing a lot of Barola. And, you know, especially if he's making plays like that for sure. Especially Kansas State, we're going to throw out all the stops. We did mention how Mikel, who didn't start, and we figured why that he would. He only had one tag. He was on a seven total. He was in on seven total, but he only had one of his own. No, we expect Mikel to uh, be great for us down the road, starting or not. Yeah, uh, he did not start, but he found his he found his way on the field a lot during that game. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be a. He was all over the field. Uh, so was Zach Barola, as you mentioned. Which, Please go ahead and say that our post dogs the game for defense. I'd say of those two, we mentioned Clayton with his uh, forced fumble, but either one, one of those three, Bryce because he put up the most stats, but and then Barola, you know, it's not always who put up the best stats, maybe just who looked the best. Whoever played, stood out the most. Stood out because Barola stood out for not being, you know, one of the key guys, but he might end up showing that. Uh, so, yeah, one of those three could end up being that. Go ahead. Sorry. I no, you're good. That's what I was going to get get to and say. There you go. So, yeah, Bryce, what more can you say? He knows he has to step up. He knows he got invited to that to that thing at the end of the season for potential at the next level. Like we're gonna be seeing, you know, he's he's talking to the fan, he's talking to the fans, he's talking on the field. He is. He's making every tackle you could ever imagine. He is. He's gonna work his way to being in NFL conversations this year, barring injury. Love what Bryce brings. As a personality standpoint, we know the team talks about his personality a lot as well. Uh, Dorian Davis, you know, we know he got in the game. We had a feeling him come from Western Carolina with Donovan that he would see some time. He didn't make the depth chart, even though we know that means nothing to an extent, but he didn't make the game to the end. He had two of his own solo tackles. Good to see. David Miller, we know he's on the two deep, backing up. We saw a lot of him. He's also number 20. We saw a couple of number 20s out there. Obviously, him and Donovan didn't see any of Donovan, but David had two tackles as well. Jakari Patterson, he was flying around too. He didn't. He only had uh, two total and one of his own tackles to show for it. But uh, we know that he's the starter, Noah, at the Sam linebacker. And he actually, like we said, he was flying around a lot. So it's good to see him active. Yeah, uh, it was great to see. Uh, he was the probably the biggest surprise on the defensive starters when the depth chart came out. But uh, he was flying around, like you said. He showed why just because – I mean, a lot of people don't show up on – just because you don't show up on the box box score doesn't mean you're not doing anything. But we had a lot of those guys, like quiet one, Quay Brown, our, one of our, probably our best defensive player, arguably, was very quiet. Yeah, I know. He was my uh, pre-defensive dog of the game just because I know he'd be playing with a chip with all that adrenaline. Yeah, you're right. A lot of other people – 
Clay looked a lot smaller than I feel like he has in the past. Maybe that was compared to somebody else. Obviously, we know he changed to number seven. Yeah, we didn't. We know he was, you know, he was uh, celebrating after like a incomplete pass or something. We know he was active in terms of you know his own uh, how he was feeling himself, knowing that he wasn't uh, partaking per se in the action a lot, but yeah, he had two of his own tackles as well. We expect him to get going though. First game, maybe got to him a little bit. Um, we mentioned Caesar as well, like our, our two best defensive players in the secondary for sure that were kind of quiet. James only had one of his own tackles, but we understand that they weren't a great passing team. So you weren't going to see a lot of these guys unless you're the Clayton. We know PJ had a breakup, but Clayton finding his own way to force fumbles at the line of scrimmage. So you know, anything. We expect those two stars, all Americans, to find their way, knowing we already mentioned it, but Richie Haggerty, unbelievable on the second team. He was he was forcing almost as much pressure as anybody on the team. That's an understatement. He did it. I mean he had yeah, three QB hurries, uh tackles for loss, obviously, and that sack. He only had one. That was his only thing, but he was active, man. I mean, we talked about him and the, he's gonna lead that second team. Him and Agnew especially. Wouldn't you say? I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, it was. The transfer out of Miami, Ohio, was unbelievable last night. So athletic. Yeah, he is a. He's going to be a freak on the defense, especially a lot of guys. He's going to help us keep guys fresh on that defensive line. That that we know. Dante Cleveland was standing on the sidelines most of the game. He didn't get into the end as well, but we know the depth is there. So good job, defense, on another great game. Um, so that's pretty much how everything went. Like we said, this was a game we expected to have for the most part. We did our predictions to give SEMO a little bit of credit, knowing the games were always close before. Uh, but we knew right away it was going to be I, – I said – I mentioned before, I mentioned on Wednesday that I expected fireworks, and we definitely got them, and we expect it more down the road. This upcoming game is going to be special. We know we will obviously be there. We will talk about that again. We might have another pod before then. Not sure. That's only next week. In six days before we would maybe bring another one or a week from today. But we know the players were active. A lot of them tweeting one and oh. We did mention Donovan was talking how they were one and oh, even though he didn't play. So we know, like we said, that he's uh, in the right mindset, even though he didn't see any action. He's just a veteran presence. So Hero Sports was giving a shout out about Nick Baker's great game. Caesar, yeah, tweeting one and oh. Vante, uh, after there were some other tweets from uh, some people about Nick's game with Avante that Avante quoted it and said, that's my quarterback and tag Nick. So obviously a lot of action on Twitter. And we mentioned coming in here about our theme song that we knew, obviously after every win, Homer way that we will hear that song as they grab the wheel. Zevion was the first one to go grab the wheel and bring it everywhere. And him and Calvin acted like they were steering the ship before everybody got there and started singing Noah. It's always great to hear Zevion start it, do the uh, two claps and a Ric Flair, does that twice, gets everybody going before they sing. Everybody was involved. Um, we hope we see a lot of that this year. Yeah, that is a that is a great tradition our football team has started. Um, that was great to see. We love seeing that. Their team was excited, full of energy. They're ready to keep stacking days and getting better every day. Without a doubt. Winning in dominant fashion, SLU was the wheel remains in Carbondale. We know Jeremy Chin was also tweeting about, especially after that first play, how incredible it was. I don't think he tweeted again the rest of the game about it. But uh, 
uh, when obviously Jeremy's going to be investing in our game as much as he can. Obviously, he's a busy man. Season starts in about a week. Literally, the week, the day after our game on Sunday is when they debut week one of the NFL season. Do you know who the Panthers put off the top of your head? Mm, not sure. I, would, I was just curious if you knew, yeah, because uh, we'll be hearing his name a lot as we have. Uh, we hope he has a really healthy the Jets. The Jets. So, Zach Wilson. With newly cemented rookie quarterback Zach Wilson, he'll be learning a lot. He'll be, I know they've been prepping for this game. He says, fine, 21. I know the fact that that's been talked about. Good luck, Jeremy. And hope you keep uh, keeping up with our games as we will yours. Ty Stano did tweet a dub, plus uh, Drake's album dropped. He said it was a great night overall. Uh, we know he had a pregame tweet as well. So, yeah, great. These guys are feeling great as they should after a big win to start the season, uh, especially with the trajectory offensively for sure. And know of this game that we will – obviously we will um, – do a pre-show for the Kansas State game, Power 5. Uh, I mean, just as we know, we, we expect to compete whether it is close or whether we find a way to win. We know we have the potential of doing it. We almost beat Ole Miss a couple years ago. Times have changed. But we know that Ole Miss team had future NFL stars that they are today, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. And we held our own going into halftime. We remember the chance that we heard at that stadium. So anything is possible. Um Especially since, you know, this is arguably the best SIU offense in a long time. The fact that we could put up points, and especially, as we mentioned before, Kansas State is, uh, you know, a pretty good football school. It's interesting to see how the game will play. Like we said, we'll mention that down the road. Let's quickly mention here, Noah, before uh, we did mention the postgame interviews between Nick and Nick. And we already mentioned a lot of it, a couple other things that maybe uh, stood out. Uh, as we know, Nick, obviously, he was he was told by Mike he was one of only five quarterbacks in school history to throw for 400-plus yards. He mentioned that Nick Hill obviously did it however long ago it was and that he said he's he passed for more, obviously, so he's going to, next time he saw him, he was going to, like, brag about it kind of to him. And, and, you know, it's all jokes and it's all funny that uh, that's cool that he broke his head coach's record. Uh, as we know, Noah, Sam Stroud threw for 400 a couple years ago, right? We talked about that. 450, I believe it 450. was. Um, what game it was, can't think. But we know Sam had a big arm. He had, as we mentioned, Raphael Leonard to throw to. Ralph was at the game. We saw him, uh, you know, in the huddles with the receivers, letting guys know. A couple, actually, real quick, while we mentioned the sideline, we did notice Roderick Campbell. Obviously, he wasn't on the depth chart, but he was not dressed at all. Jacob Garrett was on his scooter with his boot. Uh, what else did we see? No, we know the freshmen were around. Hunter Simmons was around. Uh, we know Lewis Wilbur, who looks absolutely monstrous. They were, you know, supplying water and just being there, you know, attentive on the game, which was great to see. Um, what else did we see on the side? Anything that stuck out, stood out besides those things? I'm trying to think. Um, like we said, we, we were going to talk about one players that didn't play or weren't dressed, and there were a couple, as we just said. But uh, like we mentioned, D. Foxworth wasn't on the two deep. We were surprised we didn't see him in any most of the game at all. Near the end, we, he found his way on the field at, at times, but it's interesting to see how he gets played the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, he did not uh, – he was huge. I seen him coming out of the locker room. Yeah, and the, all the freshmen were there. They were in there. They were either – 
standing watching the game or some of them were carrying around water bottles and giving the players water. Yeah, so staying attentive as much as they can, which is great because we know, like we said, we, we mentioned we couldn't exactly pinpoint uh, who else was over there with Lewis giving water out. I think it might have been Jalen Bates or somebody, but definitely those defensive guys that will be entrenched down the road in a big way, staying involved on the sideline, helping the team. Uh, a couple more things to mention here that Nick Baker mentioned. Uh, he, he thought the team played a good game. Obviously, near the end, they could have played a little better. Proud of the team. They executed plays. And that he obviously mentioned the linemen at times. Obviously, even though we, we knew they were struggle maybe a little bit just in the running game perspective. And then the receivers obviously made it easy for Nick, he said. Uh, and about the 99-yard play, so that's something you dream of, being at the one-yard and scoring a touchdown. He caught the defense off guard. He was eyeing the safety seam where his eyes were, and he knew, obviously, Avante's got a burner, and he found him wide open. They mentioned how wide open he really was. Um, that, you know, he also mentioned that it's a tribute to the roster and that he doesn't have to worry about singling out anybody for the most part. And, in fact, that he threw it to nine different guys, even though he mentioned that you want to, you know, you want to obviously there's certain people you have to get the ball like Avante and Landon and so on. So, the fact that we're deep at that perspective that he loves and he takes advantage of. Uh, and then Noah Nick Hill mentioned just a couple things more. He's excited for the team, even after, like we mentioned, he found out about the seats and the team did because they, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, especially if you tell a team what who they got to play in front of and how they play in front of people, you know, they don't care. Beforehand, he said that they knew a couple, you know, uh, a couple weeks in advance uh, Nick thought that Baker was efficient. He can, he mentioned he could throw with some of the best in the country. He mentioned how great, really good the defense felt. And as you mentioned earlier, yeah, it was one of those, like the, the night before, uh, the 99 yard play can come to fruition because they've done it before. And yeah, the, how many times they threw it down the field and it just shows. And if they can manage it to a certain level, sustain it, how successful, uh, their offense can be, um, he said, overall, good first game. A long road ahead of them. The mission was to get this one. He told the seniors this is their fourth wheel. The seniors are 4-2 uh, in their six years in this game. Uh, fourth wheel, that's pretty great. We plan on holding on to it for a long time. That's not what he said. That's what I said. He obviously, there's things to clean up before we play a Power 5 school uh, next week, Noah. Yeah, obviously, uh, we played a great game, real wounded game, but there's a lot of things we can improve on as a team, and they know that, and they're going to get back to work here soon. Yeah, even though the start of the game looked like they could have played a perfect game, obviously, every time there's stuff to improve upon. And Mike asked him a weird question. He asked with the seeding stuff that, you know, knowing about it, that he asked if he even wanted to feel like he even wanted to play the game. We were kind of like wondering why the heck he would ask that, and Nick said there was never a doubt. Because they knew beforehand, but they they know they they're just coming to win. They don't care who they play in front of, because they know uh, down the road they'll be playing a lot of bigger crowds, especially in the domes they'll play in this year. Even the Kansas State will have a huge crowd, as we know. And uh, you know the hostile environments, the crowd, you know, doesn't matter if they're behind them or not. That it, it won't phase this club. So, and he, he did mention, as you said, Anna's pit uh, was a better place than Hauk. Yeah, they could definitely clean that place up a little more. So let's couple into that. Oh, obviously, no, like we said, this is the game we expected to have in dominant fashion. Looking forward to the next one and so on. We're expecting, maybe not against Kansas State, you'll, you'll, you never know, but down the road we expect to do this to teams. So 
Uh, final thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. We came out on top, so that's the best. That's the biggest thing. But uh, yeah, we got some things to work on. Uh, our offense looks lethal. Uh, got to work on the run game with some run blocking. But our once our defense looks like they settled in, so hopefully our defense just continues to improve. Got some things to work on. Tackling looked a lot better than I thought it would, especially for a game one as a season like that. Had a couple couple drives that had some missed tackles, but other than that, our tackling was on spot. Our defense was flying around on that side of the field. Yeah, it, it's surprising because, like we said last year, obviously tackling was an issue, but we – just thinking about it, that how heavy we are towards the ball and finding the ball, that it, it doesn't seem like that could be the case. But we know we're seems like a better defense this year. That seemed like every possession we were at the ball. So you're right, we have improved in that area. Um, yeah, my thoughts overall too. Yeah, great offense. I love love seeing PJ Jules because we talked about how kind of uh, thin the secondary could be at the cornerback position that it was cool to see David Miller out there, but seeing P.J., knowing that he's the starter, how active he was, I love seeing that. And, yeah, some people who didn't play was kind of a surprise overall, but uh, as I said multiple times already, it's a game we expect to have moving forward against teams like that. Noah, let's quickly end it up before we just mention something quick before the Kansas State game. We understand we will be heading there the Friday, but the day before, Morning before, you might hear a pod Thursday or Friday. We have made it up. We might take it on the road, so keep an eye out for that. But Noah, uh, recruits, our recruits who have been active in our games. I know Ryan Chanley just tweeted earlier today how, you know, good job on our win. Uh, what are If you have the information, what is their games looking like at the high school level? Yeah, uh, speaking of Ryan Chanley, him in the Cherokee High School down in Georgia, they play tonight against uh, Rome. Both teams are undefeated so far in their seasons down in Georgia. So that will be a big game for Ryan. Best of luck to him. Then we go to Shamanon and Jimmy Lansing. They won last week. They are headed to play St. Louis University up there tonight. So that is a – no, they are playing Lutheran University. So that is a – yeah, Lutheran. That is a uh, Charles Young, who we have been in on a little bit. So that is that one. But uh, the our other two guys commits up in Lutheran North. Um, they are at home after a rough loss last week. They are on a neutral field against St. Thomas Aquinas from Kansas, which has the SIU connection of the. Uh, their names are slipping my mind. Give me a second. I'll think of it. The uh, the Reeves brothers are from St. Thomas Aquinas, so it all leads back to SIU at the end. There you go. Yeah, so good luck to them. As we know, uh, we mentioned just those offensive linemen and CNRs last night, just thinking about what the future would hold because we did see a couple freshman linemen that were doing the water as well. So whether that's their role next year, it doesn't matter as long as down the road they see action. They live up to, you know, you know, obviously every recruit's got expectations, but guys that are, you know, the talent that we know that they could come in here and be pivotal whenever it is their time. Yeah, we mentioned the Lutheran guys. Hopefully they kick off on the, or get back on the right foot with those talented uh, guys. You know, Brian Brown, that team runs through him to an extent, his ability to do everything. So we'll be keeping an eye out for sure. And then, so yeah, overall, uh, Another great pod talking about it, the details that we know we love to dive into on and off the field for the game. Um, 
uh, yeah, overall, we really are impressed with what happened last night. Like we said, we, we expect to happen again. Like we, and, uh, Kansas State preview will come shortly. Hope you guys enjoyed this post of SEMO. We will be doing it throughout the entire season. As we mentioned, some games, some of us might not be able to make it to. So if you, this is down the road for home games, obviously some road games won't be able to make it to. Try our best to watch it on TV or listen to it to get these tweets out whenever we can. Uh, so if you see us not tweeting a lot for certain things that happen, don't fret. And if not, we have some reliable accounts that we can retweet to get the word out in case you guys want to know it. If you're not watching either, uh, we did want to shout out Amy Strong. We saw a big follow of ours. We saw her at the game. We didn't get to talk to her at all. But we know she was there. And like we said, a lot of the parents, hopefully a lot of our followers were there. The apparel we mentioned did come in later in the day when we were already on the road to leave. We actually got it in today. Go check out our Instagram store to check out what those look like. Potentially down the road, if you'd like some, let us know. We haven't got to that far totally with it, but perhaps down the road we definitely will. Keep an eye out for all that. As we said, one on the season, the one win of many, hopefully. And that we big test ahead of us and the Kansas State Wildcats and that uh, Power 5 school. So like we said, we will preview them in about a week from now or so. So stay tuned. As we said, the one in us look is dominant fashion, beating SEMO 41, 47-21, excuse me. Uh, for the Dogs Football Podcast. My name is Nick Long. No alerts. Until next time, for the Kansas State Preview, go Dogs.